You head out on the weekend looking for a good time, and mostly, that's what you find. But every once in a while, even though it's most certainly not on their minds, people head out with friends, and tragically, it's the last time anyone sees them ever again. Here are five haunting stories of partygoers who vanished. Number five, the unexplained disappearance of Trevor Dealey. In the heart of Dublin, Ireland, on December 8th of 2000, Trevor Dealey, a 22-year-old IT professional, attended a Christmas party with his colleagues. That night, as a cold rain drizzled on the city streets, he would vanish without a trace, and to this day, his haunting last moments were captured on CCTV cameras, and his disappearance remains one of Ireland's most perplexing mysteries. Born on August 15th of 1978 in Naz to Michael and Anne Dealey, Trevor was the youngest of four siblings. Described as an easygoing person, he wasn't particularly known for being a stellar student, except in math, which he had a passion for. After an initial foray into business studies at the Waterford Institute of Technology, Trevor switched to computer science. And by May of 1999, he was carving out a budding career at the AIB Bank on Leeson Street in Dublin. He had just returned home from an amazing trip out to Alaska. It was December 8th, and after a night out on the town that ended around 3.25 a.m., a series of chilling events took place. With taxis on strike at the time, Trevor chose to walk home, stopping at his office along the way. CCTV footage captured a mysterious man in dark attire loitering outside the bank for nearly 30 minutes prior to his arrival. The man approached Trevor when he got there, talking to him briefly, before Trevor then went inside. Two other men were spotted on camera, though they were identified as bank employees. Inside, Trevor seemed normal, chatting with a colleague, checking emails, and even jotting down tasks for the following morning. By 4.03 a.m., he left the bank, umbrella in hand, venturing towards Bowsbridge. A last known voicemail to a friend mentioned his journey home and his intent to reconnect the next day. Trevor is seen walking past another AIB bank on CCTV. Mere moments later, a shadowy figure, believed to be the same man from earlier, briskly trails behind. Authorities try, but this man's identity still remains a mystery. They believe that their interaction was a chance encounter. After that night, it was silence from Trevor. He failed to show up at work, leading to a scary realization by his family that the young man was missing and there was really no sign of him anywhere. The most prominent theory as to what happened is that Trevor was unfortunately murdered. But without a body and not being able to identify the man in the footage, it's led everyone to a dead end. In 2017, an anonymous tipster claimed Trevor was accidentally shot by a known criminal after a confrontation. The body, they said, lay concealed in the Lucas Canal. A subsequent tip in 2019 corroborated this narrative, but despite extensive searches, Trevor's remains have never been found. Trevor's slender stature and youthful appearance, 
given rise to theories suggesting he may have been viewed as an easy target, and his disappearance, no matter what exactly happened to him, continues to haunt the Irish community. Number four, the enigma of Patricia Meehan. On an April evening back in 1989, something very odd happened on a remote country road in Circle, Montana. As dusk settled, Peggy Bueller found herself narrowly avoiding a head-on collision with a car meandering on the wrong side of the road. Moments later, another motorist, Carol Heights, wasn't so fortunate. Struck by the same erratic driver, Carol's car careened into a ditch. Stumbling out of her vehicle, dazed but miraculously unscathed, Carol's eyes met those of a mysterious woman who had crashed into her. The eerie stillness of the encounter was morbid, as Carol recounted. She just stared. She never said anything. She just stared at me. I will never forget her. Peggy, the driver who narrowly avoided the first collision, approached the scene of the accident, and her eyes, too, locked onto the same silent woman. As I looked out across the accident, I noticed someone on the other side of the fence, standing there like a spectator, not like it had happened to her. Without uttering a word, this lady retreated into the enveloping darkness. She just walked away, disappearing as suddenly as she had appeared. The mystery deepened when the police traced the vehicle to its owner, 38-year-old Patricia Meehan. An extensive search ensued, encompassing both land and air over the next five days, but Patricia seemed to have evaporated into thin air. But eyewitness accounts began pouring in. Over a hundred reported sightings of Patricia materialized, stretching from Montana all the way to Seattle. Strangely, Patricia never reached out to her family or friends, fueling speculation that she might be grappling with amnesia. But was it the accident that caused it? Patricia's loved ones shared that in the days leading up to the accident, she seemed unusually introspective and distant. And Dolly, Patricia's mother, reflected on her daughter's state of mind, saying, She was, I guess, taking in her own life, what she had accomplished. I think she missed having children because I think she realized she really loved them. And Patricia's car was a roll of undeveloped film. As the police searched for any clues, the images revealed a chilling self-portrait in there. Psychologist Don LaPlante explained that it appeared Patricia was experiencing a very difficult time in her life, was involved in a rather dramatic accident, which may have involved a head injury. A combination of these factors then may have caused amnesia. Patricia's journey seemed to wind through truck stops and diners. She was spotted multiple times, always eluding authorities by mere moments. In one poignant encounter in Bozeman, she exhibited signs of extreme disorientation, according to a waitress, as she acted scared and unable to figure out where she was or how she got there. Despite the years that have elapsed, the mystery of Patricia remains unsolved. Her family clings to the hope that she's safe and might someday return. In the words of her heartbroken father, and more than anything else in the world, I want her back with us. I just pray day in and day out, that she's with some good people. 
Number three, the strange vanishings of college students. The Midwest, particularly the area around Minneapolis, is a place dotted with serene lakes, rivers, and a bustling university community. But amidst the tranquility, a series of mysterious disappearances of young college men has left the region chilled and haunted. On Halloween night of 2002, the University of Minnesota was in full festive mode. Chris Jenkins, a 21-year-old business major and the captain of the lacrosse team, was amongst those having fun. Dressed as a Native American, Chris visited the Lone Tree Bar and Grill with his girlfriend and another couple. The night was fun, but what made it memorable was an unexpected turn of events that led to Chris being kicked out of the bar leaving behind his phone, wallet, and jacket. The last glimpse of Chris was when he took a left turn on Hennepin Avenue. After that, he vanished without a trace. But Chris was not the sole victim of such a mysterious fate. Michael Knoll, a student from the University of Wisconsin, disappeared just days later after a birthday party. Josh Guman followed, disappearing after leaving a party. The chilling similarities were uncanny. Young, white, male college students, roughly the same age, weight, and height, each had been drinking and were last spotted near bodies of water. Rumors and theories then began to circulate. Was a serial killer stalking young men along the Mississippi River, drugging them perhaps before taking them away? In February of 2003, the worst fears of the Jenkins family then came true. Chris's body, wedged between logs, was found in the Mississippi River. Michael Knowles' lifeless form was found in a lake a month later. While the deaths of Chris and Michael were ruled unrelated to Josh's disappearance, questions lingered. The autopsy report indicated Chris had drowned, with the blood alcohol level considerably above the legal limit but the cause of death remained unknown. Police theorized an accidental fall or suicide, possibly triggered by a disagreement with his girlfriend. However, the Jenkins family and their private investigator weren't convinced. Discrepancies in the case details, a lack of injuries consistent with a fall from a bridge, and procedural errors in the investigation pointed to something more sinister. In 2005, a significant lead emerged when an incarcerated man claimed knowledge about Chris's fate. The chilling recount stated that Chris was mugged and thrown off the Hennepin Avenue Bridge. The story had its skeptics, including Chris's family. The impeccable state of Chris's attire and the positioning of his body contradicted the supposed bridge fall. Retired detectives Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte delved into the case and began connecting the dots with several similar cases. In total, 40 young men, primarily college students across 11 states, met eerily similar fates. The detectives theorized that the victims were drugged, perhaps taken away somewhere, before them being disposed of in the water to wash away evidence. Adding to the horror, a smiley face was discovered painted near many of the sites where these young men were found. The detectives believed this to be a signature of a serial killer or killers, and so it had become known as the Smiley Face Killings. 
as reported by many news outlets. Whether the result of a sinister design or a series of tragic coincidences, families like the Jenkins are left grappling with heartbreak and unanswered questions. There's a lot of different ideas as to what has happened to all these young men. It's still nothing concrete. Number two, the disappearing freshman. Michael Negrete, an 18-year-old bright-eyed freshman at UCLA, was loving life at such an awesome school in the middle of sunny California. But then, on December 10th of 1999, in the quiet hours between 4 and 9 a.m., Michael mysteriously vanished. This wasn't a typical tale of a young adult leaving to escape the stresses of school or just to go find themselves. No, he simply ceased existing in the fabric of everyday life. The chilling facts of this case make his disappearance all that more perplexing. On the night of December 9th, Michael was with friends in Dykstra Hall hanging out and having a good time. He spent most of it in his friend's dorm room playing video games. At around 4 a.m., he called it a night and headed back to his room. Yet just five hours later, when the sun was stretching its morning rays over the campus, Michael was gone. He didn't make it to class, but he had made it back to his room. His clothes, shoes, and wallet were still in there. There was no indication that he planned to leave or that something was amiss. So with no car on campus, where could he have gone, and more importantly, without being seen by anyone? The only real lead was that of an unidentified man who was seen by someone wandering the halls of Dykstra a little before 5 a.m. This guy stood out because he was in his mid-30s and had a heavy set build, so it's possible this guy was somehow connected to Michael's sudden disappearance. But no one could pinpoint who this man was, so he couldn't be tracked for questioning. In a swirling storm of rumors and theories, Michael's own brother Steve speculated in a heartfelt Tumblr post where he hinted at the possibility that Michael might have been involved in the risky world of club drugs. Perhaps he wandered out under their influence, only to meet a nefarious fate somewhere out in Los Angeles. Psychics, always eager to assist in such mysterious cases, have offered their own intuitions, some more grounded than others, but most disturbingly, one of them said that Michael's name appeared in a sinister context. Within the pages of the International Trafficking of Human Organs, a multidisciplinary perspective. Of course, though, that can't be proven, and so it's almost less helpful than not saying anything at all. Years have passed since that fateful December morning, but the whispers and theories haven't ceased. In a world with over 7 billion individuals, the absence of just one can cause ripples that are felt far and wide. The agonizing question still looms, where is Michael Negrete? Number 1. The Tragic Discovery of Kylie Rodney The serene environment of the Lake Tahoe area is not typically known for housing dark mysteries, but the summer of 2022 delivered a chilling exception. The Prosser Family Campground, a beloved spot nestled near the pristine waters of Prosser Creek Reservoir, which sits close to Lake Tahoe, 
became the focal point of a tragic mystery. On the night of August 5th, the campground buzzed with excitement as nearly 300 people hung out around fire pits and picnic tables enjoying the nice evening weather. Kylie Rodney, a 16-year-old from Truckee, was among those partiers, and at the time, nobody knew that this gathering would be the last place she would be seen alive. Kylie Silver, 2015 Honda CRV, was noticeably absent after the festivities, but where she or her car was, nobody knew. Kylie had vanished, and it appeared she had gotten into her car to drive home but never made it. So where'd she go? That question resonated with the news and on YouTube, including the awesome channel Adventurers with Purpose. These guys are an underwater search and recovery team with a commendable track record at solving cold cases involving drownings. Looking into the case, the roads are a bit treacherous around this body of water. There are places without any guardrails, and so they figured, along with the authorities, that since Kylie and her car had seemingly vanished off the face of the earth, perhaps she had spilled over into the lake the night she went missing. Driven by a commitment to bring closure to grieving families, they then began their search in the depths of Prosser Lake. Their worst fears were confirmed on August 21st when a silver vehicle, eerily submerged and still, was discovered at the bottom. As Kylie's identity was confirmed, the online community was quick to react. While some sought to villainize and point fingers, there were those who opted for compassion, urging people to remember their own youthful indiscretions and to respect the grieving family. The autopsy released on October 13th by the Nevada County Sheriff's Office ruled her death as accidental. The puzzling circumstances of how her car ended up in the lake remains a subject of speculation, though. Traces of THC and ethanol found in her system only added to the murkiness of the narrative. The heartfelt tweet from the Placer Sheriff's Department echoed the sentiment of many, sorrow, condolence, and the hope for understanding. But, as the days wore on, it was the voices of support that stood out, reminding everyone of the fragility of youth and the thin line between judgment and empathy. Kylie's tragic end is a somber reminder of the unpredictability of life, and while her story may be steeped in mystery and heartbreak, it also underscores the resilience of a community and its ability to rally together, offer support, and seek answers. There were five times people didn't return from parties. Thanks for tuning in. If you want more episodes like this, go ahead and dig through our library. There's a lot more like this and other weirder stories as well. For exclusive podcasts and to help support us, please check out our subscription link down below. You'll get access to a bunch of other content plus new podcasts each week. We appreciate it very much. I'll see you guys soon.